The Badge to the Bone podcast contains adult language, mature themes, psychological nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. The opinions expressed here are ours and ours alone. Buckle up. Welcome back to Badge of the Bone Podcast. I'm Denny. I'm Al. Al, we got another episode. Yeah, we do. I think it's going to be a good one. I know it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. All right, let's get on it. Al. Hey. Well, it's good to be back in here. Yeah. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Good weekend, and we're, we're recording on a weekend this time. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, definitely makes for a good weekend. Struggle with some allergy mess today, though. Yeah? Yeah, kind of stuffy. I think maybe the, the cool evenings and then back to the blazing heat has wreaked <sighs> havoc with my already horrible allergies, but otherwise, but you show know, must go on. Yeah, and you're doing it right because you, you're not out there putting yourself in the allergies. I can look outside and I can see your youngest heart at work. Yes. And we're get him working today in the yard, which is nice. Um, that That's the best thing for preventing allergy problems. Having the youngest do the yeah, work? Yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So it's good. But, um, but man, I think we got something good in store today. I do. I do. We actually got somebody in the house. So I'm going to try it. You know, we've already talked about this on pronouncing his last name. I'll try not to <laughs> butcher it again here, but we've got Greg. Potolite. Close. Oh, so Potolite. you messed it up. Yeah. Potolite. There we go. Oh, man, there we go. So, and I'm just going to read a little bit because he's got an extensive list of credentials and then he'll go into that. But Greg is uh, with Half Wild Blended First Responder Clinician, Virginia Association of Law Enforcement Mental Health Resource Director, Reboot First Responders Instructor, and Virginia First Responders Support Services Peer Support Specialist. So, man, very heavy on the peer support specialists. Um, and, you know, really, we're going to dive into what this show is about today with you know, mental health and mental wellness. Yeah. And, 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 you know, before the show, we were talking to him and he's, he's got such an extensive background that I think we're going to let him talk about it. <laughs> I, I think so. So, uh, Greg, welcome to Badge of the Bone podcast. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank you for having me. I'm Great so to have you here. So excited. So we talked about it a little bit. Give us some of your background. Sure. So, um I mean, off of my resume, I'm a cool guy. That's the most important thing. No, uh, yeah. So uh, I kind of have a uh, an interesting lived experience, an interesting story. Um, I come from a public safety sector family. My dad was a cop, uh, NYPD, back in the '80s. Was hurt, had to retire. 9/11 happened. Was first responder down there. He got hurt with a neck injury, which had pretty profound impacts on our family as a whole. Everyone, including you know, me, my brother, my dad, my mom. Um, unfortunately, a few months ago. He was diagnosed with cancer related to 9-11, mm-hmm. so 22 years later, his bullshit's still uh, wreaking havoc on people. Yeah. So there's that. Um, my brother's a cop in Central VA. Uh, I moved down here to become a cop in 2018 in Central VA. Things didn't pan out when uh, I saw what was going on with George Floyd and uh, B- uh, Breonna Taylor, the aftermath especially. Uh, I, th- what I envisioned myself, and I know it sounds so corny, but I think that... I. 
I wanted to really engage with the community and kind of establish some sort of credibility and make, look, we're not here to break down doors, break down, you know, we're not here to further this divide. We're here to help protect and serve you guys, but that requires you guys to help us, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in this, like in, in Southside Richmond, right? In, in these housing projects, Gilpin, Mosby, uh, areas that are plagued by violence. Uh, and I just, I, what I saw going on uh, as an aftermath from Taylor and Floyd, I was like, well, I can't, I can't be the cop I want to be. So I was like, all right, I have three weeks to decide what I'm going to do because um, I had gotten my bachelor's degree in social work with minor in psychology. And my girlfriend was like, hey, why don't you like uh, look into that stuff, like mental health with uh, first responders? And I never put two and two together. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, let me just do it. So I ended up going to VCU. I got my master's degree in clinical social work through, through the advanced standing program. With the veil event coming up, you're attached like with most of the folks that are participating. So which, which one are you going to be at? Cause you're like all the logos I see on yeah. your advertisement. You're like part of all those logos. Where are we going to find you there? I mean, you're going to be all over. I'm going to be floating around. Yeah. You're going to see my ugly face just floating around. I'll be, you know, doing my thing. Um, the mugs are going to be there too. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what's fascinating, uh, I've spoken to, uh, we could talk about how I, a lot of people are interested about how I started the wellness, this wellness event next month. Is it? it took a lot of it. it took three weeks, three weeks, and I got the whole thing done. I had nothing to start base it off of. I just had an idea. Really? Some white claws. And I said, all right, we're going to we're going to get this done. Yeah, it took three weeks from start to finish, which is wild. That took three weeks. Yep. Because it looks huge. Yeah, three weeks. And what what I'm sorry, I kind of sidetracked myself. Uh, I've spoken to people. We have people coming from out of state. We have someone coming from Georgia, Alabama, one from Carolina, two from D.C., Arlington uh, border as well as many in central VA, but even out West, like Harrisonburg, things like that. We have a, a, a wide spectrum of people coming. And what I find really, uh, what the goal is to do it two or three times a year. And this could look like many different, you know, we're, we're doing it at 5.11 in short yep. pump. Um, and again, this is going to be informational, solely based on, on informational, again, fundraising, donation, raffles allowed. Let's talk. And again, it's such a niche thing. People are like, yeah, just tell us when I'm where we're good. Well, it's encouraging that there was so much positive response. I think that's... I I'm hoping that's a sign that there is progress being made, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> Greg's here today, and he's <laughs> young enough to be my kid. <laughs> but, you, but again, you go back to, you know, when we started our careers, and these, these were not... A wellness event, they go, What the hell is a wellness event? <laughs> what the hell like, is wellness? Is that, yeah. eating, is that eating salad and vegetables and stuff? Yeah. What, is, what is a wellness event? Yeah, so that's that's amazing. Yeah, it really. Yeah, is. I mean, these conversations just weren't had, and we're excited and, to be there. Oh, we're we're thrilled. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I, I didn't know our logo was going to be on the t shirt. Oh, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I love it. I, yeah. I got one, I've got one coming. I can't wait till it's here. I'm probably going to wear it out wearing it every day. <laughs> well, I think that, um, again, like I'm, I, I love that y'all are so willing. And, and I, I think that, again, we have to redefine and reimagine what wellness looks like. There's something pretty fucking cathartic about going to a pile, whether it's being a guest or just listening to make, oh, crap, people have gone through what I've gone through. Oh, yes. cool. Yes. You know, and I think that, again, redefining what wellness looks like. This is a form of wellness, in my opinion. I will die on, this is the hill I'm going to die on, making the argument that this is a form of wellness that could help public safety. Well, in, in this project, what we're doing right now with this podcast, I mean, it, it's it's cathartic for us. It is. It, it, I mean, it really has been. Um, we enjoy it just on that aspect. We kind of started in that, hey, well, you know, if only 
two people listen if mom and dad are the only ones that are listening mm-hmm. and so we still we're we are getting something out of it ourselves but you know it's it, that's not <laughs> been the case so we've had a lot of really good support yeah so we talked earlier about some other things you were doing mm-hmm. and there's kind of a, a project you're working on with law enforcement agencies mm-hmm. and, and i can't remember if it was strictly law enforcement, just mm-hmm. um any first responder agency but i think it had along with, with you participating mm-hmm. can you Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in my last semester of grad school, I was um, I collaborated with Richmond Ambulance Authority, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, I was on an ambulance with them for close to six months uh, on an ALS and a BLS crew doing overnights uh, twice a week. So I was literally up for 24 hours back to back and going straight to grad school. So the amount of burnout and just weird things that happened. But uh, yeah, essentially, um, one of the things that I want to do personally, like personally, and this is also ties into the wellness event, um, it's really important to have a presence with public safety, whether it's police, fire, comms, corrections, nursing, retired, auxiliary, even if you were in a department where nothing happened and you're just doing overnights, even just disruption and sleep cycle is going to have an impact on you. It just is. That's just how the brain works, right? Um, brain and body work. So that is something that has always, you know, been really particular area of interest. I'm also kind of a, a sadist. I love adrenaline and chaos. I do. I can tell you horror stories from Richmond Ambulance, you know, seeing people with their faces blown off, like it's nothing, having people die in front of Yeah, you know, wild stuff. And again, it's just, this is like second nature to these people down there, you know? Unfortunately, that's just what, this is a way of life. But the absurdity of it is what, not so much even like the graphic nature of things that I've seen, but the absurdity of it is what kind of, mm-hmm. I can't process. The fact that, um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off on, on a tangent, I'll get back to the, uh, the fact that someone could lose their life in fucking, in a housing project at 17, I'm 28. You know, because of drugs or gang, like it's my turf. Like it, it, I can't pro, I can't. It doesn't make sense to me. And and you know, it's, right. it's it's good that you bring that up because I think that is a, a contributing factor to to trauma. Is that why? Yeah, there's got to be a reason yeah. why. Why did that happen? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, it makes it hard to categorize it or process it. Yeah, in your, in your mind, if if you don't have that why or anything behind it, it's just you can't. Like I say, it doesn't make yeah. sense. No, and it and, doesn't make sense. And that's the screwed up nature of this, right? If you were to actually like step away and process this, you're not, you're going to come out and say, this is just violence. Like this is mm-hmm. violence, breakdown of society, family, government failure, et cetera. That's not good, right? That's really shitty. But if you don't process it, then what? Like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's no winning from it. Obviously processing, it's better than not. Uh, I, I used to like for me personally, because I was up for 24 hours back to back, just seeing nothing but death. I, w- I have coined acknowledging, not processing. So I just acknowledge, oh, yeah, this is a person with their face blown off. This is a person that was holding their hand when they died, whatever the case may be. This is a mom who's crying in front of us mm-hmm. because they lost their son. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Move on. Cool. What am I going to eat for lunch today? Because you have to. You literally have to do that. It's one of two. And it's really unfortunate. Responder, first responders, you know, they go through exactly what you talked about. And then they go home. They get whatever sleep they can get. Mm-hmm. And they wake up. And they're having to be spouse. They're having to be dad. You know, they're having to go to soccer practice and it's like nothing happened. And oftentimes I think you don't have that ability to process Mm -hmm. because you don't have the decompression time. Then you just kind of fall into that acknowledgement aspect of Mm -hmm. it, that the acknowledgement side and, and you end up never processing it. And then it compounds over time. So I think that is an excellent, excellent. Well, I think that not processing what you have seen or experienced is big on the mental health. And there was a conference I went to, and I wish I could remember who explained it, but 
you talk about your mind having to kind of file things, mm, having yeah. to, to posture to file things. And I don't, and, and Greg, I, I don't know if you remember, there was a TV show called The Price is Right. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So Price is Right. Everybody knows Price is Right. So, and this was explained to me at a conference. I can't, it, it didn't come from me, but uh, I wish I could give credit. I don't remember who said it, but they said a good way to think about when you have, when you're trying to process trauma is there's a game on there where it's like a big, huge pegboard and a person walks up at the very top of it, they drop like a disc. Mm-hmm. And it bounces through the pegs, and at the bottom, it falls into one of the of what you win or whatever. And they just drop it down there, drawing okay, a thousand dollars or five hundred bucks. But every now and then, you'll see when they'll drop that disc, and it'll bounce back between the pegs, and it'll get caught, mm-hmm. it'll get stuck. And they said that's what's happening. It's you know those are the files at the bottom, and you're seeing things. Some of them are getting down there and getting filed away like they should, but some incidents, some things you experience the the disc is getting caught in those pegs and it's not getting filed and so you're not getting any resolve and and, and your brain is designed mm-hmm. to try to make yep. sense of everything yeah to try yeah. to make structure yes out of things that you are experiencing or that you're you're, you're seeing there's there's a concept uh for example called uh pareidolia and it's you just see shapes or colors and your mind automatically wants to make that into a face mm. sure yep because that's how your mind wants to make order out of chaos right and sure. if it can't make order out of chaos yeah the problems start yep yeah and it's like that's a perpetual cycle right like for public safety again just say I was like, when I was, when I was giving my little spiel, I was thinking of if the provider was single. You know, imagine, like you said, if they're a, a husband, a wife, they have mm-hmm. kids, they have other obligations. Again, how, you don't have the time. And that kind of goes back to like, if you process it, if we process what happened, yeah. it's going to make you feel really shitty, sad, and, and hate the world. If you don't, it's not good either. So it's really, that's why people like me exist. People like me exist to, you know, help navigate through because I, I know what it's like. I've gone through the motions. Of again, seeing the worst of humanity on many occasions. I know the sleep deprivation, the adrenaline spikes, dumps. Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, so one of the things that I want to do. So I'm a, so my title right now, in addition to all the stuff that um, we talked about earlier, those are all volley. I'm all volunteer. Like bail, reboot, peer support. Bail, uh, that's all volunteer. My actual job that I'm getting compensated for. I am a going to be a blended clinician for first responders. Now, what that looks like, I'll be doing one-on-one therapy with first responders. Additionally, and this is where I think. I'm going to, I have been able already to, you know, establish a, a report and, and uh, to an extent, a pretty good reputation, I think, with departments in Central VA. Um, and this is open to all p- uh, police, fire, EMS. Uh, I would love to do stuff with communications uh, and uh, corrections, but that those, you know, obviously are much different. Uh, so I got to figure out how to get in there, but I will. Uh, and even nurses, I have to figure out. But um, anyways, I want to pretty much just ride with departments wherever, whenever, um, to establish a presence, to establish a credibility rapport. I'm not just some schmuck, you know, observing you. I'm not going to be there with the clipboard. I'll be there experiencing what you guys go through. The only difference is, is that uh, hopefully I, you know, with, you trust me, the person trusts me, the provider trusts me, and I, I welcome the apprehension and uncertainty at first. Go for it, please. That'll facilitate conversation. Let me prove to you that I'm not, again, just here, uh, you know, saying, hey, once we're done with this, hey, we saw two homicides. You have post rent. It's not, that's what I'm doing. I'm literally just there as a person to help out if I need to be. Um, I don't care what you call me, a weirdo, a schmuck. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'll, I, those are all compliments to me. Uh, but for any department listening, I, anywhere throughout the Commonwealth and Baltimore is the exception. If I can get the, if I get into Baltimore PD, especially that's like my dream, you know, cause again, I just, I would love to experience what they go through 
Love yeah, it. That's a busy place right there. So let's talk a little bit about how, how do you navigate that trust issue in, in that type of environment with the providers? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, cops, for example, are <laughs> notoriously cynical and no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we're, that's news to me. So, so if, if the boss comes down and goes, Hey, this guy, Greg, he's a therapist. He's going to ride with you mm-hmm. for, for your entire tour tonight. I'm going to go, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, you may have executive level bosses that are going, you know, I need you to report back on my people, mm-hmm. you know, sure. um, how, how are you dealing with that, that dynamic? Sure. So, uh, again, a, a little unfair because, <clears throat> excuse me, because I already have kind of established myself, especially with certain departments in central VA. So I already have a leg up. People know who I am. Um, however, it doesn't mean what you're saying is not going to happen. I can guarantee it's going to happen at some point, whether it's police, fire, or EMS, with fire, you know, all they do is cook. I don't, you know, so I don't like just talking. They about have it. sleepovers. They have sleepovers and they, they cook. Do. They cook chili and and you know, so I, that that'll be the easiest one. Pillow um, fights, pillow fights, like, yeah. mustaches. Go to the yeah. grocery store, make sure the list gets all taken care of. Oh, I love, buy everything. I, anytime I see uh, where I live, especially there's a there's a bunch of grocery stores, and I always see the local uh, house come, big burly guys, mustaches, hats, and they have a small grocery list, and it just makes me laugh. I just always I always laugh. I'm like, yeah, this is a uh, um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, you, and, all you firefighters yeah. out there, just relax, we, pedal down. We, we, we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we got to pick on you. Got to pick on you. Um, but no, so I think that, um, and you're right. I, one of the many things that I've heard, I've heard many criticisms about public safety as a whole, their interactions with mental health professionals, whether it's a psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist, whomever, a chaplain, um, and what becomes pretty apparent to me rather quickly and they don't say this out loud but what i pick up is that uh there's the obvious of they don't understand right people are not willing to ingrain themselves in the culture fully which fair enough you don't have to that's not you know as a mental professional you have the abilities to say no but i think you kind of have to for this profession but also um i kind of get the idea of like a power struggle to an extent because just say you have officer john doe who comes in his degree just he has a two-year degree in criminal justice right you have five plus years as a clinical social worker, right? Especially on trauma. There's already like, there's a differential there, right? And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of people uh, as a mental health professional, they're the know-it-all. So they'll come in and it turns people up. Because again, there's like, you're like, there's like a power dynamic and it's just weird. And I've heard that from a lot of people like, oh, immediately they, 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 um, they didn't find, you know, like I've heard people say, yeah, I made, I laughed at a story I told when it was really horrific. And like, I would see on their face that like they were emoting a certain way. Like that was, that's what I'm talking about. Like you're not culturally competent. It's a power dynamic. Cause you're like, Oh, this is not professional. Um, so that's number one. And I obviously don't, you know, the way I interact with, with public safety is much different. Um, I curse, I get vulnerable. I, I don't emote. You know, I, I have the ability to utilize interpersonal skills in a different way. You'd be amazed at what, what just saying, Oh wow, that fucking sucks. Goes, goes a long way. So there's that. But also I think, you know, you'll, and I don't, I, I don't have an ego, but from what people have told me rather quickly is that they just, people like are able to sense that like I'm, I'm a different person. Like I always get called a unicorn and that's like the biggest compliment I can get because people know that one, if shit hits the fan, I'll be there for them. I got their back. I don't care what it is. I don't care if I have to chase someone. I, get, I don't give a shit. Um, but they also know that I'm like, again, I'm willing to stay up for 12, 14 hours, go through the cycles and motions. 
that's an odd thing, right? Like the fact that I'm willing to do that is resonates with people. So it's kind of like implied that I'm, it's almost like implied that my motives are, you know what I mean? Like that's just established. So I think I've unlocked it again. I'm, I know I'm going to get pushed back and I welcome it. Please, if, if you're uncertain and I'm with you, please push back, interrogate me. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll talk to you. We'll have a conversation. Well, I mean, I, I will say that you, you definitely don't, trying to figure out the right way to, you, you don't <laughs> come across as a therapist. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative <laughs> way. You come across as a regular guy, yeah. regular fellow. Yep. And I do think that goes a long way with particularly your first responder, particularly the cops. I mean, yep. And I, I speak because that's most of my experience. But if you come up, if right off the bat they're feeling therapist, it's already like, okay, yep. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Or, man, is he riding with me because I'm getting ready to be on admin leave? Or what? <laughs> well, exactly. You have so, to yeah. have that. Yep. You, you have to build that trust. Yep. I think you have to navigate that, that like you said, that, that power imbalance or perception of power mm -hmm. imbalance. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you have to get to where the, the therapist is not the guy that you got to go to on your off day, who's down the long hallway mm -hmm, in mm -hmm, the medical mm -hmm. office building, you know, who's going to sit there and just, you know, stare at you with a notepad. Yep. You know, I almost, um, I'm going to go to a movie to reference you. I'm trying to, you know, I think you have a great idea with that. And I, I, I think we mentioned this earlier that it's, it's a, it's a long game yeah. goal. It's not a short term. I'm going to ride today or tomorrow and everything's going to be hunky dory and all right. these guys are going to think I'm great. It's that long term where they see you so often mm -hmm. and know that when you ride, you're not there with the clipboard. You're right. not harming over it. No, you're just there to, to, to meet. You're there to, to see what they're seeing, experience it, and hopefully get some, some trust down the line. So when they do, Hey, you know, I'm going to reach out to Greg, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's kind of this shift a couple of times and he's, I'm going to reach out to him, but I almost ever seen the movie. We were soldiers. Oh, my, one of my favorites. Okay. Great movie. You remind me of, I'm trying to remember his name. The the photographer. Gallagher. The journalist. Yeah. Yep. Gallagher. Yep. 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 Um <clears throat> that he, you know, his whole his family had that background of, mm -hmm. of service to military and he yep. thought, you know, I can't really understand a war. And he felt like his role was maybe I well, he can't, you know, really change a war or anything like that, but he thought maybe he could understand it through that position there and understand it better and could present it to yes. the people back home yep. help them understand yeah. it and that's kind of like what you're doing you know you you looked at jumping in that first line but it wasn't quite the fit it wasn't mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now you're it's like through this you know no you're not going to be answering a call for service but maybe through what you do you can help the folks that are dealing with those things and that's that's just what i kind of compare you to I, I think it's that different perspective of i'm going to be right there with you mm -hmm. but i've got a, a different mission yeah how uh, cool would it be to be like hey i need to talk to somebody oh remember that really terrible call i ran last week oh greg was with me he knows what it's like he he, yeah, went he, he, saw, he saw it he, he saw it. it he saw it he knows the around like he knew what was going on he saw the absurdity of it um let me talk to him yeah that's like that's not like a gra that's not like a theory that took 12 years for me to come up with i feel like i'm just trying to look at the problem differently and willing to ingrain myself and, and you know i think that, well i think that makes a difference if you talk about it and i'm if i'm talking to you about a call and i go man i remember when i walked up and i saw this mm -hmm. and you're mm -hmm. like oh yeah I, I saw that and it was um that was pretty bad or i could smell this there yep. or yep. um i remember the 
person screaming in the back. You know, do you yeah. remember that? And you're like, yeah, I, I remember seeing that. And that was, that was definitely tough, but it, it does give you, um, that kind of common ground, I guess, Al, is that, um, or makes it relatable maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, but, but what I keep hearing is, is, is this goal to integrate mental health into an agency's day-to-day operations mm-hmm. rather than the old model yeah. of, Oh, you need some help. And I got to send you to our contractor right, or whatever. Right. No, you you're just as much of day-to-day operations as the fleet manager, mm-hmm. the training division, the, whatever it yeah. is. Um, you're part of day-to-day operations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I also like the idea of, of you being, out there and I granted I know you can't be 24 seven. So you, you know, it can't be every shift. Sure, but sure. The fact that you're on a certain shift yeah. at a certain time and when something really bad occurs, that really bad, or you know, this is going to be mm-hmm. um, a really bad one. You know, that hopefully whoever you're right with going, you know what, let's go respond to that. Yep. Cause I think that's something we need to, we need to go to. And you're right there. Yeah visually right there with those officers dealing with that mm-hmm. incident. Now, whether even anybody has to talk to you after or not, but the fact that you're there yep. and you're seeing what they're seeing it you're as bonded. they're seeing it, 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 um, I think that can make a difference. You're, you're bond, you're literally bonded. Like you're literally bonded by whatever thing, whether it's a sight, sound, whatever the case may be. Oddly enough, the, one of the calls that screwed me up, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the, one of the more traumatic things that, uh, which is saying a lot because I've seen a lot of, you know, death didn't even involve a, a dead person. It would just involve screams. And it freaked me out like I, wow, for a yeah. while. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I also don't want the people to hear this and be like, oh, it's only going to a critical call. Like, no, no, no. It could be a sight, a sound, a smell. Um, think of your senses. What, what are you what are you picking up on? Uh, you know, and I want people to also know that, like, you're if you're triggered by a certain sound again or a smell, that's OK. That's normal. That's a very normal response to something that could have happened. You know, the other thing uh, I'm, I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about how this will play out. I'm thinking about when I was in my position on PD and how this would play out near the end. When I was in LT, we had a, um, two teenagers hit and killed by a train. It was pretty bad, mm-hmm. real bad. Um, and it happened at the end of shift. And, you know, I'd, I'd called, you know, um, with, with you've been the LT that does the peer support mm-hmm. there. And I told mm-hmm. so we peer support's got to come out. Um, but we ran into an issue of. You know, now we're on a we're we're pushing fourteen hours, mm-hmm. these folks. So I'm like, you know, do we we bring them out now and hold them out another, you know, two hours, as as or we just go ahead and let people get home and first thing tomorrow morning we come back. And that's right. that's what I went with. <clears throat> I still don't know whether that was the right decision or not, but I, I had concern over you know mm-hmm. getting this fourteenth and fifteenth hour and the fatigue and so. But um, I could tell by looking at at the faces, I could tell by the way they're talking that the officers when they were talking that man, you know, we need to have a debrief oh. on this, some sort of debrief. Mm-hmm. But I think about that, having you there, if you could do that debrief, you know, right away is great. But the other part, I remember when we did do the debrief and we had the doctor come in, you know, nobody wants to be that first person to really start talking. Mm-hmm. You're sitting around, everybody's kind of, you know, like, uh. so usually that whose facility is going to start by saying something. And I, I don't remember what he said, but it's, it's probably something along with, you know, you guys definitely responded to a def, a tough scene. And sometimes when you respond to these things, you might be feeling this and that's all fine. And Danny, your perspective would be, if you're going to have to start that conversation, I was just there. Yep. So, okay. I know it's tough. You mm-hmm. know, let me tell you what I saw. Yep. Let me tell you what I experienced. And that yeah. is as opposed to the outside guy telling people what you may be experiencing. Right. I'm going to tell you what I experienced. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get that conversation going. Yeah. But that, that puts a question 
up. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's so I'm not saying this is what I think. I'm just, <laughs> Go ahead. I, yeah. I, I've worked around enough command staff level people to know this question is going to come up. You're integrated into the operations. Mm-hmm. So you are quite possibly experiencing this same incident in real time mm-hmm. with the, the first responders. Correct. Okay. How do you ensure that your head that's, is in the right place? That's a good question. To I mean, you're treat going there. them. Yeah. Um, or are you, and, and I, I'll just, Cause you have to unpack too. Oh, of course. right. Yeah. You so, have to unpack too. So oh, are you, are, yeah. how, how do I, as, as, as a senior boss go, Greg's not another, you know, mental health mm-hmm. casualty. Sure. You know, Greg is in a position to help in real time. Mm-hmm. So a couple things that my brain kind of just goes to immediately. One, you're absolutely right. Like that's a, the most valid. And if there's one question I'd want a soup to ask me, it's that like, how do you make sure you're good? So you help our providers. Yeah, fair game. I am fortunate enough to have such a large cohort of people in my circle that I can confide in, whether it's family, friends, peers, um, fellow reboot people, fellow uh, Val people, fellow peer support people, people I went to school with, people I work with. Um, I'm able to keep tabs, especially when and we, we could get into this because I kind of really burned out when I was in an ambulance towards the end, especially because um, uh, because of that. What's like, Everything that was going on you know, between seeing death, school, field placement, work trying to manage a relationship and on top of all that it you know i really hit rock bottom rather quickly um so that's one and i would i would hope that they would put trust in like if you're going to assume that i can't you know i'm sure some people are gonna say oh it's just not possible then like maybe that's that's a referendum on you and your abilities maybe like you know or your your inability to facilitate conversations or provide more morale to people um if you're that cynical i don't think i don't think a leader should be that cynical they should be open and willing to trust Obviously, you not don't trust every anyone and everybody who's coming in. But again, I think that I I'm able to project what I want to do, my intentions, and motivations in a different way than just again coming in like, hey, we're gonna diagnose half your fucking workers with post traumatic stress, and uh, we're gonna put them all on admin leave because they can't, you know, like uh, that's not what's going on. Um, secondly, and this is again as as weird as it sounds, but you know, because again, I am a bit of a, a sadist. I, I just love, I love to. I find it fascinating to like just me personally. I find it fascinating to kind of rethink about things, mm-hmm. especially when they're traumatic in nature. Uh, but what I would always do, especially on the ALS, because BLS, I didn't really see a whole lot of wild stuff. ALS is where things kind of went, you know, roughly so, especially when you're only sure. ALS provider in the whole city of Richmond. Like that's it's wild. Um, it's frightening that oh. they would only have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it hasn't changed, by the way, people. Um, we would get in. After whatever we did, we had to do. Uh, I would literally say, "Well, that fucking sucked." You're yeah. not saying, "Tell me about it, guys." Wow, right. you're, you're gonna experience yeah. maybe a you're gonna experience maybe a flashback in twenty four forty. Like it's not that fucking sucked. And I have no problem, at least for me personally, I have no problem talking ad nauseum just to get someone, even if they don't say much, to know that I am willing to open up. Um, I think there is kind of comfort, like okay, he's I'm a, even like if someone internally is like, "Oh, I'm feeling really stressed about this terrible thing I just saw." Greg's feeling the same way. Like even just that, there's something there. I think that we don't think about enough, but to know that, yeah, again, you're not alone in this. Well, it, I mean, I, I think I'll, it, it said that is such a good point because that different yeah. dynamic, you know, typically on a, on a, I mean, a therapist 
would need to unpack anyway. Sure. But typically what your experience is, you're going to be experiencing that vicarious trauma, mm-hmm. yep. that, that secondhand vicarious trauma. But your model is you're getting it firsthand. So you're experiencing the trauma firsthand. So I, I do think it's definitely important that you have that plan to make sure you are unpacking the things you're seeing um, as well. Well, the thing that I keep hearing it, when you're talking is self-awareness. Yep. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. And, and you know, we don't always have it, <laughs> No, no. <laughs> but you do your, your training, your background, Yes, I, I think helps ground you in that self-awareness to, so that you can process what you're experiencing, but at the same time, not compromise your ability to mm-hmm. help. Yeah. I, th- I think you're, I don't want to say better quick, but really you are with, with your education, your experience stuff, you're, we'll be able to recognize it. You know, my bag is getting a little too heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My bag is too heavy. It's time for me to start emptying some stuff out. Um, but that self-awareness, Al, that's, that's so true. That's, that's a big part of it. I will say you are better equipped. You are, you are, you are better equipped <laughs> and, and you, you are. Than, than most of us when we come through the door at this profession, you're coming through the door ready. See, that's uh, where most I, of us are not. Well, see, that's where I have this a struggle because I've gone back and gotten schooling as well mm-hmm. on um, trauma counseling and, and crisis response, but I still battle with it. So, and and I do think that that time I spent with that learning helped me start to realize time mm-hmm. to unpack. Mm-hmm. But the cop inside of me resists mm-hmm. actual unpacking. I don't want to stop. You know, I'm, I'm, I realize it that okay, you know. The weight's coming on, but, you know, then the cop is like, oh, you know, I can carry it. That's mm-hmm. where I fight. Well, that's like, yeah, I mean, you have to unlearn that, right? Yeah. Especially when you, yeah. if, you were, if you were patrol for three years and, and got out, you know, it, it theoretically, at least I'm not, I don't know any evidence about this. So I'm just, but like, if I had a client come in who's serious patrol, as opposed to like a 20 year vet who is a Sergeant LT, I'm going to tackle those problems. There's, there'll be some similarities, but also a uh, fuck ton of differences, right? How yeah. I... You know what yeah. I mean? Because you, you have to unlearn that. And that's yes. really hard when that's your identity for X amount of years, especially when you're in a position of power, making high, you know, calls. You have to yep. give briefings if there's a shooting or something like that. Like mm-hmm. all these other things that you don't think about. <clears throat> and I'm not going to proclaim in the slightest that I'm, like, I'm a master of self-awareness. I, I struggle with it, but I recognize that I have a lot of interest in hobbies and I try to exploit that, whether it's a 10-minute thing and doing something or 30 or taking a whole day, you know, Um and again, I think that if I could help people um, see that it's not linear, wellness isn't linear. Again, it could be, I did pure score with a guy who literally uh, would metal detect at uh, beaches. And I'm part of metal detect, uh, scoop stuff up at beaches looking for uh, sea glass mm-hmm. and make uh, ornaments out of or a jewelry out of it. Well, that that is like, a conversation that we've had more than once here about the importance of having people and things and activities that have nothing whatsoever to do yep. with this job. Oh yeah. That if there was one piece of advice I would give, um, I mean, there's obviously a lot in the, like the upper echelon of like advice that I must say, have one person, a friend, I don't care if it's a bartender, a business owner, truck driver, just someone, because one, they will have completely different experiences and perspectives about something than you will, Yep. which is what you need. That's literally what a therapist does, right? The therapist yep. does like offers a different perspective or perspectives on whatever said thing is. Um, but also, again, you need to be able to not talk about your fucking, you know, your days. You just need to be able to like, all right, I want to go 
go hiking with, you know, go hiking and or whatever the case, go swimming, go fishing. You should be able to do that. That's that's okay, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and you're also talking too about getting to that that newer generation, yeah. those entry level people, <clears throat> um, and they seem to be a little more open to oh, yeah. yeah. To, yeah. which is much better great. than our generation. Absolutely. And, and I've, I've said, and I think we've said it here before that the goal is that, you know, the mental wellness and first responders needs to become just normal. Yeah. Right. And, and it, you know, I mean, you talking mm -hmm. about going to see you or so if someone came to see you, they saw an incident, they need to be able to go at work and talk about that. Like as if they went to their dentist. Right. Um, I had to go get a film today. Nobody, nobody, yeah. you know, nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody's mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That sucks. Yeah. You know, Novocaine, all, you know, you talk about it like it's nothing. It needs to be the same thing. Oh yeah. man, you know, I went and saw Greg cause we had that, that fucked up call the other day. And it was mm -hmm. just, you know, we talked about that for a while. I had a good conversation, man. It was good. And, um, he's going to come ride with us next week. And it, you know, it yeah. needs to be normalized. Right. And I, and I think, you know, again, something else we've talked about, um, our generation, those people in their their 40s and 50s um now um the uh <laughs> <laughs> the um we're we're coming around to it yes i, I think oh, we're yeah. coming around to mm -hmm. it but it's late in the game yeah. and it and it's only after we've left a trail of destruction <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in there <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in others <laughs> right but we're late to it we are you know but that's why i really like Reg, that that your that whole plan you have of that integration, I really do. I think that's a great forward step. It's an excellent um, model. It, it is, it. and you. I'm hoping that that catches on. If you're not trying something, then we're just not trying at all. Exactly. And I would even if I tr we try it, if the department says, "Hey, we want you on," and it fails, okay, we tried it. I commend you so much for you know putting investment in not even just me, but the model, the idea. Um, and again, if it doesn't work, which I don't think that'd be it, but just say it does again, you tried it. That thing's false. Well, you did. And then you can go, okay, this didn't, what's, what's the next step? Right. What's, what, what, what do right. I need to tweak? What do I need to change what, to make it work? And, and you keep going from there. I mean, yeah. you said what, uh, when inventing a light bulb, they figured out what 400 ways not to invent a light yeah. bulb. Is, you know, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that's a great, a great plan. Great model. I appreciate it. So again, going back to the bosses a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, bean counting yeah. yeah yeah how do you navigate that they go well you know i gotta spend money on this mm -hmm. and this and this and this and this and this and this and you're asking me to spend money on this mm -hmm. well um there and this is all based on the personality of the person as well as the backstories right if i'm going through the department that's riddled in low morale um maybe just that they have a peer support team or a system team and like they're known for leaks I will be much more straightforward uh, and blunt about what their intentions and motivations are. And I want them, the, the, the soup, whoever I'm speaking to, to, to say it. Um, that's something I also just do in, in, when I do peer support. But it's, it's a really effective tool because if you're going to sit here, just say, I speak to Chief Profit and I say, hey, I mean, well, yeah, that's a scary thought. It's a very scary thought, but that's why it's hypothetical. Um, just say, I say, hey, Chief Prophet, I know that, you know, we had, there was a bunch of criticals in the past couple months, a lot of shoot, you know, uptake in homicides. And I, you know, um, and it seems like you had 10 people resign. What are your thoughts on that? I want to know what your thoughts are, why things are happening, ways to improve it. And even just based off of your responses, that's going to dictate how I respond. So I can't have one definitive answer. But what I would say is that it's all going to based on, be based on the person, the backstory, the department, and what I'm hearing, what I'm perceiving. But I really need the person I'm speaking to to give me something so I could 
be able to identify what they're saying um, and figure that out. If they're going to sit here and say, um, and again, this all depends on the personality of the person, but if they're going to sit here and say, I don't want to spend money, there are many variants of how to say this, but I'd be like, so you're going to put a cost on your officer's well-being or provider's well-being. And if you're going to say, yeah, just own up it, own up to it. That's if that's like truly your perspective. I don't like it at all, but I respect you enough to admit it, um, which is not a whole lot of respect. But if you're willing to just be honest, say, hey, I don't want to invest because I don't care. That sucks. That's terrible. But at least you're being honest about it. Um, so, and I understand that the other component of this is all about money. I don't, you know, you can be the most forward-thinking. You know, hey, we want to have you know all these cool things, but when it comes down to money, obviously that also throws a monkey wrench into things. So yeah, I can't. I don't have one specific way. It's it's all contingent on the person, the, the you know surrounding circumstances. Whether again, it's morale, things that I've heard, recent events, um, things of that nature. High instances of unjustified use of force. Yep. Yep. Um, excessive call-outs, like, yep. like uh, sick call-outs and yeah. mm-hmm. things like that. Oh, sick oh my gosh. Yep. yep. Big, uh, big response times, response times. Rest, that, yep. yeah. I mean, like there are so many things that we don't, again, like, like you said, uh, call-outs, response times, um, uh, even just the way they interact with the normal civilian population. Those are small Complaint things. Complaint levels. Yep. To some yeah, extent. Right. And that's what, yeah. I, yeah. And those things to me, at least like as a different perspective that I go, Oh, okay. Something's going on. I hope that some of this comes back to the long game as well, mm-hmm. where if you're doing, this work with an agency and it's going well and the agency really enjoys it. You know, you're provided that they are, you know, reaping the benefits from it and it's going well. You know, those chiefs, they all talk, yeah. they all go to conferences, oh, go to yeah. meetings, stuff like that. And that's what it takes is that one chief go, you know, this is the program we started over here mm-hmm. and it has been phenomenal. We've got phenomenal feedback and you know, there is a cost, but it's money well spent because it's been so great. And then the chief goes, Oh really? Well, Give me the card from that or give me the yeah. card. Here you go. Here's who you contact. And then it kind of spreads from there, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And the places that are resistant to spend the money or don't want to spend the money, like say, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to put a cost on it. And that's out of our cost. Maybe they start to rethink and go, oh, yep. okay. Well, you, you sell it as a cost savings. You know, well, I mean, you're, you're going to yep. spend money up front. Yeah, it's yep. one more thing yep. that you got, one more bill you got to pay every month. But, you know, think of the money you're going to save uh, with, you know, reducing your sick call out yep. such a good point out that's such a good point yep. you know yeah. dealing with uh you know defending your officers yep. when they've done something they probably shouldn't have yep. and now it's you know on the six o'clock news yep well, mm-hmm. and i think that's why some agencies are being progressive because they are seeing mm-hmm. that it does save those things so and yeah what's interesting is that like y- y'all are saying well i completely agree with everything it's saying right there's the literal cost right there's literal monetary value but there's also the emotional cost right Again, if you having just saying officer takes their life because the, the just for, for the very many various reasons that they would want to take their own life, you have to go to that funeral. Mm-hmm. Then you have to worry, you know, like there the bad PR from it, everything, the morale it's gonna. So there is forget about like the actual literal costs that you're, you know, for, there is the emotional and the psychological, like, and then there's can be guilt associated. There can be all these other fallouts. So there's there, there are a lot of unintended consequences aside from just the you know, paying, paying for it physically, um, that, that could happen as well. Yeah. I would hope that as a law enforcement executive or leader, your goal would be to do everything you can to ensure the health and wellness of, of your employees, you know, really with the suicide stuff like that, I I would want to go to sleep knowing that I am doing everything that I can feasibly do. We are doing everything as an agency and, 
if there's anything out there that we're, we're not doing, we are working hard to figure it out and find out what it is and add that to our program. But we are doing everything we can possibly think of. There's nothing on the table that we're going, and eh, we don't want to spend the money on that. And yeah. we'll skip that. We are doing it all. Mm-hmm. It, it's good to hear that you're getting some traction. Yeah, with, absolutely. With uh, agency heads on this. Um, I am cynical <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, because I, I think you, you do have a, a too many uh, police executives that, that cannot see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and in worst case scenarios are completely indifferent yep. to this issue. Yep. Um, but, but it is good to hear that you're getting some traction and what I, what, you're absolutely right. I, I actually agree with you. Like you're, but I, I think that paves the way for the ones that are resistant. That's to exactly it. what I'm going to say. It paves the way What's for the Agreed. What's going to end up happening is they're going to alienate themselves. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. Gonna, they, they will look like idiots. Like they will look like sheer idiots. And God just, knows the chief doesn't want to look like that. Well, that's my point. Right. <laughs> but that's, but, but that's kind of like my point, right? If there's one thing they want, they want to have that really good image. So imagine if just say you're in central VA and you have. 15 out of 20 departments um, adopting some sort of wellness-based program, those 15 are going to get a lot of good PR, a lot of good recognition. Yeah. You're going to have studies, probably going to have a lot of cool funding. Those five that are saying no are you know indifferent. They're going to look like idiots and outcasts. But no, that's, what, that, that's, that's what, excellent. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unfortunate. I, I, I don't want that to happen. I should just make it. I don't want that sure, to happen, but, but that is like, okay. Well, that's what happened with body-worn cameras. Yeah. As soon as yep. the first jumped on the sword, they're like, oh, we got yep. it. We're doing everything. And it's like, oh, shit, but we got to do it too because we don't want to be the only ones not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they do it. And they're like, oh, my God, these guys are doing it. We got to do it. And it just spread like wildfire. Yep. And yep. people were grabbing them without even realizing, oh, wait, how do we straw all this data? Where do we, yeah. What is this going to go? And they were just jumping on it yep. like crazy. But it yep. took that first one to go. And then, man, it just it was a domino effect. Now, yep. I'm not trying to say body one cameras are, are good or bad either. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother topic sure. of discussion. <laughs> but as far as that, technology and far as that program the body one camera program that's how it exploded was mm-hmm. that first one fell in the store and everybody's like oh shit yeah <laughs> yeah well now, and i, I wouldn't we feel bad too. about it at all at all i no, mean peer, uh, I uh, peer yeah. pressure and a little bit of shame yep goes a long way i feel bad for the providers not the chief or the person right right, right. Like, uh, yeah. yeah yeah no they no if, if that's if they're if they're so uh if they have such uh, issues with control and ego and and uh, no, you know, which no, no chief ever has that. No chief ever has that. Um, can we we'll move on a little bit? Sure. And can you talk about the reboot recovery program? For sure. Of course I can. Um, <clears throat> um, because that, if I understand correct, that's open to just people coming in off the street. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had that on an episode with Carrie. We talked mm-hmm. about reboot. So, um, it'd be great to get yeah. some more information on it again and, and kind of revisit that. So reboot actually Carrie was one of my uh, one of the participants when I was an instructor. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for those who maybe don't know or unfamiliar, there is an organization, it's a nonprofit organization called Reboot Recovery. <clears throat> I think they're based out of Tennessee. I'm not an ambassador, so I'm you know I'm just, I'm just an instructor for the first responders uh, course. But um, I believe they're based out of Tennessee or Georgia, one or the other. But it's a nonprofit. There are three types of uh, reboot courses. There is the general trauma, which is open to anyone. Uh, there is military, which obviously military and military spouses and first responders, first responders, first responder spouses um, <clears throat> and children. And we're actually really big on that. Like that's something that we, our our location out in Mechanicsville. We are really heavy and I'll, I'll get into uh, that later on. But uh, about inc- inc- incorporating uh, spouses, because, again, very overlooked, underutilized intervention, uh, as well as overlooked, underutilized population that doesn't get the 
um, respect perspective, et cetera, that they deserve. You know, they're kind of just sitting there watching their partner deteriorate in various ways. But anyways, um, with reboot, it's uh, it's in its truest form, and I'm making that distinction because there are hybrid modalities that we're exploring. But it's a 12 week course. It is a uh, semi structured. It is faith based. Now, our specific location is held at a church. I understand that could be off putting, but to put it into perspective, um, I usually use a, a I kind of talk about a visual. But if you have a, a paradigm of people who are religious, spiritual, whatever t- label you want to put on it. If one side you have that person that wakes up and they want to like go out of their way, like they're going to devote time, money, and effort to like spite a higher power, that person's not going to do well in reboot. On the flip side, if you have that person where they have to pray thirty times a day to their higher power, they probably won't do well either in the class. As long as you're not on either end of that spectrum, you're fine. We've had agnostic, spiritual, unsure, religious, semi-religious, pretty religious. Um, what's also interesting is that uh, for the instructors, that kind of is reflected too, right? You have instructors like myself who. If anything, I'd, I'd say more spiritual. If anything, you have you know instructor that is like, eh, you know, I, I go to church, but I don't pray. Like you have one that is pretty religious, and that also works with the people who are taking the course because then you could figure out, hey, this instructor resonates with me more because he has more of a faith based thought. Probably, you know, and that's really cool. Um, it's twelve weeks long in its truest form. Each week there is one chapter that we discuss. We discuss all different types of trauma, ego, identity, um, purpose. Weeks eleven and twelve. Weeks week eleven is write your story we 12 is share your story um there are so many um trickle downs from from reboot and um i should also mention just because i haven't uh the one that we teach it is free it's confidential zero rank no obligation to y'all all All we ask is that you show up to the first one if you go to the first one and for whatever reason scheduling you don't like it you're not ready you get to keep the book and i will personally be harassing you not harassing but i'll be following up just say hey are we good you know anything i could do outside of reboot you know just want to meet up grab coffee whatever Typically what happens, and again, we, we get into heavy stuff rather quickly, uh, usually about weeks two, week three, that's when like we start un- unpacking that, uh, mm. that we, you know, we, we start take, slowly taking the body, uh, uh, the plate carries off, we start undoing the straps, we start <laughs> taking the uh, plates out, we start undoing the Velcro, um, and again, you'll you'll see, you'll see the people, you'll see it in their face, in, the, in their uh, both verbal and nonverbal cues, uh, body language, posture, uh, whether they're fidgeting, you'll see them starting to work through this stuff in process. And I know we were talking about this like before uh, it's, uh, the, this podcast started, but I, I feel very comfortable in, in making this generalization. Um, there are two types of people, by and large, that uh, will attend the first responder reboot course. There's the person who's already in services, such as therapy. Maybe they're on meds. Maybe they're doing whatever. And they're looking to just maybe continuously work through um, post-traumatic growth, um, uh, learn, meet new people who have similar experiences as well as just learn new tools. They're, then the other person is the person who just wants to get their feet wet and that one of two things happens to that person either they excel in the class because they caught it early or they do terrible and they end up not going to the course at all because they caught it early you know like two different all and like people the person that does well caught it early they're like okay i've come to terms that hey i have some stuff going on i had a shitty childhood i've run some terrible calls need some help the other person's like no 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 like almost like a denial response like no we're not I'm, i'm good or I don't want to talk about this, or I can't talk about this, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So that it's interesting to, to watch that phenomenon happen. We have had uh, the last course that I taught, it was all cops and all brother spouses, about a total of 16 people. So it's a huge number. Um, recently, I've been giving presentations to departments and something that I'm looking at doing, almost like a hybrid. And we, we've done this in the past. We collaborated with Hanover Fire EMS and their peer support team. 
instead of doing a 12 week long, we did six weeks. So it was two chapters a night. Uh, we met at a VFW, which was closer to their headquarters. Um, and we had a sign up sheet and we curtailed it to the schedule of the people who signed up. I, I've been giving them into departments and something I would love to do as well. And like, again, this all goes back to reimagining wellness and having a presence doing it in house. They'd have to pay. Um, they, they would have to pay for, you know, on the books, books are 20 to 30 bucks each, not too expensive. And then, you know, we would just have to logistically just figure it out, which isn't too hard. We just figure out, Hey, if there's rotating, blah, blah, blah. Um, we know our schedules or blah, blah, blah. We get that squared away, but how cool would it be to have, so once you complete the course, you, you're eligible to become an instructor. So imagine if you're in a peer team, now you're an instructor and you have other tools that you could reference the book for. Um, also the book is a reference. Like it's I have the books in my car. I can show you guys. Um, it is a reference in and of itself. I keep it in my car all the time with me, both my instructor book and my uh, participant book to just kind of, if I remember going through something or need help and, you know, for the reason I can't think, I, I go back and say, hey, this is, we discussed ego in this chapter and I'm struggling with ego. What did I write? You know, when we discussed it, um, what's also pretty cool about the one we teach in at the church is that we offer childcare as well, because obviously that's a big burden. Yeah. So, so if I'm listening to this show mm -hmm. And I'm interested um, as an individual participating in one of the, the reboot programs, mm -hmm. obviously uh, our audience is, you know, public safety, but how do we get a hold of you? Um, so I am very active on LinkedIn, Greg Podolak. Um, I have terrible boundaries. You can message me at two in the morning. I'll answer, you know, I'll just FaceTime you and be like, hey man, what's going on? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, if you go to the Vale Foundation's website, my personal number and email are on there as well. Okay. Everyone listening has my has my full consent to reach out to me. What I would suggest is um, just please put in the title if you do want to email me what you're emailing about. Because if I just see a random email and sometimes you go to spam, especially, yeah. I won't I won't look at it. So just put reboot or podcast, just something indicating to me that this is about something, not just you know they want to steal my you know. And, so and, and is that uh, veilfoundation.org? So it's veilfoundation2020.org. Um, but again, LinkedIn, I'm really active on. It's Greg Podolak. Um, I'm really active on there. Uh, so you can always catch me, you know. Okay. That's awesome. Well, we will, um, we will get your information up on our social media and hopefully spread the word. For sure. And those that feel they need to reach out and take advantage of that excellent resource, they can't. Man, Greg, it was great listening to your, your your model, your program, what you have going on. It's great to hear. I always get encouraged when I hear about folks that are really driven and really motivated to make a difference in you know the mental wellness of first responders. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say thank you. <laughs> yeah. Th thank you for for <clears throat> what you're doing, how you're doing it, uh, the the fact that you are still relatively young, and and just <laughs> you know, so passionate and engaged in this. It's, yeah. it's great to see. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the, the podcast. Um, like Al said, I'll echo Thanks for everything you're doing. Of course, man. Plug just a few things real quickly. Yeah. Real quickly. Yeah. Um, one, thank you for having me. Um, of course. And if, I'm, if I'm ever invited back again, I would love to do this again. Um, all right. I am collect, I collect challenge coins, uh, swag, patches for my office. I'm going to have a whole spread. So anyone listening who wants to donate, please, I will pay for shipping. Just let me know. I would love to, I don't care what, what you're affiliated with. Just please let me know. Again, uh, wellness event, September 23rd, <clears throat> excuse me, 511 Tactical in Shore Pump, Virginia. Three organizations, free, open to the public. I think Torch is, is offering some sort of like promotional deal as well. We're having nonprofits, for-profits, GMs, podcasters um, coming through. 
please, I don't care if, if even if you're a civilian, you have no relation to public safety, you're just curious, come by. We'll be there while well, we, meaning us three here, we'll, we'll all be there uh, as well as many other cool people. Um, last thing, as corny as it sounds, no one's alone. I'm always here. Again, I have terrible boundaries. Anyone wants to talk, chat, peer support, whatever the case may be, I'm around. So, Awesome. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Yep. That was really good. Man, it was. I feel like, um, you know, we really jumped into the core of what this show is all about. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, Greg, I mean, you can, his, his passion really comes through. Yeah. No, that was really encouraging. It was really great to, to see that, um, how, you know, driven he was to be a part of, you know, mental wellness for first responders and do everything he can do. It was really great. Well, and, and not even that, it, it's also that aspect of, of working it in to our day to day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think he's on to something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we definitely will need to have him back. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and stay on that. And, and we will put uh, veil and reboots information up on our social media. Yep. Um, so they can, folks can see and, and, and check them out and hopefully contribute to the good work they're doing. Yeah. Great programs. It was so great to have him on. Um, we're looking forward to that bill conference, but man, I mean, that was just good stuff, Al. Yep. But I think that wraps it up, Al. I think it does. Where can they find us? In the meantime, they can find us at badgetothebone.com. They can also find us on Facebook at badge to the bone. Also, shoot us an email at wearebadgetothebone at gmail.com. We are badgetothebone at gmail.com. But until then, be safe and be well.